0: You guys are still alive? Yeah! Holy s***! Sh-
1: the average person touches their face two or 3,000 times a day. Three to five times every waking minute.
2: You gotta isolate the sick, and I can mean, really isolate them. We gotta get everybody else back into the houses. We gotta keep them there. We're doing that. No, stuff. we're not doing it! And if one of them has got it, that ten of them have got it. What does it mean? Judy? What does it mean?
1: They're checking for elevators.
2: To nut up or shut up. Uh welcome
3: everyone to Apocaflictic, the pandemic podcast. And we are watching pandemic movies and reviewing them during this time when COVID-19 is rampaging throughout the world. And we were inspired by that to watch pandemic movies. So we will first check in with everyone's quarantine life. Uh Andrew, how about yourself?
0: Hi. Um yeah, it's I'm uh, I have my one bedroom apartment here in San Diego, and yeah, I gotta say <laughs> yeah it, it, it's been good for the most part it uh, there are some times that I feel like I'm going stir crazy uh, also being single during the quarantine days is uh, an interesting thing <laughs> quick uh, quick little story so. As a uh, single quarantine guy, I am uh, on Tinder and I matched with uh, a, a pretty lady, and she. So on her in her bio, she had a uh, an Instagram link, and so I, I did the background check of checking her Instagram out, and uh, that day. Uh, in her Instagram story, I saw that she I, and I counted there were nine people in this shot, and they were all just having brunch outside together, hunched around this small table. And I was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's like, how how many times do we have to get through, you know, go through this? Um, anyway, so I messaged her real quick, and I was just like, "Why?" And then she sent me question marks and i just said go inside and uh i unmatched her so it didn't work out but <laughs> that's how life has been
3: i think you're probably uh making a decision for yeah, the best but bye um, felicia mm.
4: well, well right, chris what about you well we've been uh, attempting to uh, tame our our yards during this and so uh, the wife and i have been um, trying to turn uh, fern gully into something that's a little bit more uh, visually appealing to our neighbors. Um, so every day we basically trade off looking after the kid and then um, Anna's been putting in some hedges and I've been mowing the lawn and cutting palm tree um, branches and so it's kind of a combination of uh, Groundhog Day and the Home and Garden Channel. So that's about the extent of what we've been doing.
3: Not much has changed, I suppose, except it's kind of just forcing you to do it all now. Like, but it doesn't sound like much has really shifted in some sense.
4: No, yeah, it's it's it, instead of just doing this one day a week, now it's just doing it seven days a week. Hmm. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, by the summertime, um, the yard will look nice enough that we can take photographs, since we won't probably be allowed to have people over yet. That's true. What were you, Cammy?
5: Yeah, just still on my maternity leave, so loving it. um the only thing is I like I was really hoping around now that I'd be able to introduce more people to the baby now that like first vaccines are done and all that and it's been kind of a shame but um it's been nice to have Jeff like working from home because then we get get to spend more time as a family but again I, I was really looking forward to um enjoying some of the nice weather with more friends but yeah, still enjoying the intimate times here, though.
4: Has Has Clark gotten his uh, chloroquine vaccine yet? <laughs> no, he got his forsythia. Hey,
3: reference to the movie. that we'll Deep cuts, soon. deep cuts. What's funny is I haven't even mentioned what movie we're actually reviewing in this podcast yet, but we'll get there. Um, as far as I think what I would say about my uh, dealing with the quarantine right now is I find myself obsessively monitoring... Like new cases in the local area, like in waiting till 5 p.m. when they get published. And it's probably not a healthy thing to be doing, but I'm just very interested. And I think it's kind of important information for decision making. Um,
0: but yeah, that's kind of what. So you, you were talking, like before we started recording, you were talking a little bit about that. I think maybe this would be an interesting thing to maybe see, especially when you compare it to our movie we're going to be discussing soon. What, what are, what does it currently look like? Cause we're all in San Diego. Mm-hmm. What does it currently look like here?
3: Well, it's like we're there, you know, currently right now, oh, as we record this, there are 603 cases. Um, yeah. It's are,
0: March 30th. Yeah. Today. 2020.
3: Um, and it, we had the most additional cases today. Now, it's one of those things where yesterday there were actually a lot fewer than, nor- than there was the previous two days. So maybe it's sort of a, a mix where just more people were diagnosed today and Sunday they don't do as many tests. Who knows? Um, but we're definitely seeing you know, a pretty consistent increase and we're probably in the beginning. Um, and, you know, as we record this, the state of California has been asked to like lock down and everyone has been told to stay home. Every beach is closed. Every, you know, store is essentially closed. It's all just supermarkets and, you know, obviously power plants and water. And, you know, it, it is pretty crazy how um, much it correlates with the movie we're going to talk about. Like, there's definitely mm-hmm. things to connect our current life to this movie. Um,
5: hopefully then, not too much.
3: Yeah, hopefully it doesn't go further. That's the, <laughs> you know,
0: it does sort of feel like we're living in a movie sometimes.
4: Yeah, it kind of does, but the
0: movie ends
4: in two hours, and so you get resolution, and life just keeps going.
3: Like, well, like it it feels like a slow moving disaster. This feels like a freight train.
5: Yeah, because the movie, like, not not to jump too far ahead, but it seemed like things escalated a lot faster.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Okay, the movie that we're going to review today is Contagion, uh, which has become very popular uh, in the <laughs> very recently. Because it has, it's a very relevant storyline that connects to kind of what's happening in the, in the world right now, right? Um, so it was, it was filmed in 2011 or came out in 2011, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, a, a virus appears in the world, and it is particularly virulent. Like it, essentially, you get a fever, and there is a 25 to 30 percent chance they they find out that you'll you'll die. Um, So essentially a character in the first few minutes who's a very famous actress, you know, dies in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the movie. Um, And then the rest of the movie is essentially trying to contain this virus and seeing the effect that it has on the country as they do lockdowns, as they try and search for a vaccine um, and deal with the repercussions within all that. Um, If that sounds pretty familiar to people listening to this, uh you know it's striking how similar the storyline connects with what's happened with coronavirus and covet 19 it's crazy um to the point where like where the where the disease originates is in china like that piece of the storyline is also in there which is just kind of incredible um and so that that's essentially the synopsis of the film and it runs its course um there's some there's a piece of the storyline where a, a conspiracy theorist with a blog essentially espouses a cure for the disease um, called forsythia and essentially gets people excited about this homeopathic cure um, without any you know, scientific evidence, which I think there's some correlation with uh, also what's happening now. But we'll get to that later on down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to play the trailer, uh, Andrew?
0: Yes. Let's hit play.
2: It was a groundbreaking ceremony for a new factory.
1: Did she mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a plane at the airport?
2: No, she said she was jet lagged.
1: The average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other.
2: Beth! Mom? Huh? No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. She before a history of seizures. No, no, no. Allergies. No. As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Armagh. Um, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? Okay. What happened to her? What happened to her? Is there any way someone could weaponize the bird flu is that what we're looking at. Someone doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. The birds are doing that.
1: Watch this. It's
4: transmission. So we just need to know which direction.
2: On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then 16. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed. They're calling out the National Guard. They're moving the president underground. People will panic. Get away! It will tip over. The truth is being kept from the world.
1: Cook your samples. Destroy everything. Hello. I need you to get me the names of everyone who serviced this room. It's an emergency.
2: You can't panic now. I'm gonna get you home. I got people too, Dr. Cheever. We all do.
1: Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Stay away from other people.
2: Get back in your car! We're not (laughs) sick. It's figuring us out faster than we're figuring it
1: out. It's mute.
0: That's a super serious trailer. I feel like the tone of our discussion even is going to be vastly different compared to Outbreak. a uh, lot less lot less campy. Yeah.
5: The whole like the the, the president's gone underground. I was like, "Wow, well, I wish
0: <laughs> yeah for sure. god that would be nice he could finally shut the fuck up
3: <laughs> how did you guys feel
4: watching this movie by the way like how did it feel so ann and i watched it i think about two weeks ago and the i think that the scary thing that the it the movie does do a good job showing is how you have this slow breakdown of of you know like services and so it it, it's hard to compare this to set like a zombie apocalypse where it seems like everything shuts down immediately whereas now we're starting to just see you know things getting their hours cut back and so in the movie it shows that you know slowly garbage starts to pile up and that people slowly run out of food and they have to get mres because there's just not enough because it takes months and months and months And so it just shows this really slow progression of everything, just kind of all the services kind of dying. And that's spooky. Mm.
5: Not only that, but also like supplies, um, like medical supplies. At a certain point, like the body count gets so high that they're saying, like they they mentioned like, oh, like when the body bags run out Mm. two days ago. That that was really scary.
3: We watched it two days ago.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: And I was terrified watching it. It was like the most unpleasant movie watching experience honestly
5: yeah we needed to chase her afterwards
4: yeah honestly it's gwyneth paltrow's best work
5: <laughs> she is quite
4: good
0: yeah maybe it's funny because this movie i think came out in 2010 or 11 2011 yeah and and you know and, and technically to this day it's considered a thriller um but it definitely now plays like a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> or a documentary or a documentary, yeah. Yeah, mockumentary
3: would be kind of, it's too silly.
5: I wonder, like, with all the, like, people renting it, like, how much money it's made now versus when it was first released. It'd be question. interesting to see that.
3: I know, Chris, do you see what the box office was?
4: Oh, yeah. Well, so for Box Office Mojo, the, so the budget was $60 million and it made uh, 75 domestically and then another 60 internationally, so it made 140 ish worldwide which I think is kind of in line with where Outbreak was as far as numbers, where they were successful, but they weren't. I I wonder what it is now with with iTunes rentals and whatnot, because it was in the top 10 starting in late
0: January again. Yeah, to your point, Chris, uh, Hollywood Reporter um, on January 28th posted or had a headline that says Contagion hits top 10 on iTunes. Yeah, that was back in January.
4: There's something to that. The fact that the fact that so many people were watching this movie in January, and that still wasn't, we hadn't gotten to the point where like testing was super important, but everyone knew enough of this to watch this movie, which makes it interesting that the general public may have been more concerned about it than uh, the people that should have
0: been. As of March thirtieth, uh, it currently sits at seven on the iTunes uh, store, which is wild
4: yeah so people people in the country knew this was a thing because they clearly had viruses on their mind.
0: The warnings were there um you know even outside of this movie.
4: One of the interesting parallels too with with contagion and with the current uh, covid nineteen outbreak was there's that the plot line in contagion where uh Dr. Sussman, who disregards the order to uh you know um,
1: destroy his samples Dr. Sussman's office. Ian, hi, Ally Hextel. We need to shut you down, this thing's too hot. Uh, BSL-4 only at this point. I think that's a mistake. Cook your samples, uh, destroy everything. We can't risk it. We're making progress. You limit this to government-run BSL-4s, it'll take forever, I can do this. I'm sorry. He finds a usable
4: MEV-1 cell culture after disregarding you know the rules where you're supposed to destroy the samples and there was a, a story out of washington state where it was either a hospital or someone who disregarded a similar um ruling by the cdc to destroy their samples and they kept kind of testing and i guess they prevented a uh, a kid from going into a school in washington state and potentially infecting a bunch of his classmates so it's just it's Strange coincidence that uh, we had, you know, life imitating art.
0: Yeah, well, the unfortunate thing is that when, you know, I know this movie, um, when it was being developed, uh, Steven Sonnenberg and his writing team worked really closely with the CDC. And uh, it's amazing because in the movie, there's a part where they even reference, uh, this was back in 2011, they reference social distancing.
4: The drug ribavirin has been shown to be effective against this virus. Yet, Homeland Security is telling the CDC not to make any announcements until stockpiles of the drug can be secured. Well,
2: Dr. Gupta there continue to be evaluations of several drugs, ribavirin is among them. But right now, our best defense has been social distancing, no handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently.
0: So, I mean, the warnings were there. Um, you know, even outside of this movie. But um, here
3: we are. I did see a, I saw a creepy photo of body bags in the, in the back of a truck in New York. Mm-hmm. Freaked me out.
0: Yeah. What's crazy is there's that scene. There's a scene in the movie where I think it's in Minneapolis. I could be wrong with the location here, but it's in the United States and you see these trenches that essentially they're just using to bury uh access bodies Why did we run out of body bags two days ago they're trying to get more in from canada but they just want to wait and see and that's happening um luckily not in i mean we'll see but not in the united states yet but it's happening overseas um in iran i believe
3: yeah there was some um satellite imagery that came out uh of some trenches being dug. It was, it was in a a graveyard, but they weren't building or building, they weren't digging individual graves. They were, they were digging trenches, um, to accommodate. Mm -hmm. One other thing that was interesting and, you know, maybe not relevant in the, in the same sense as trenches, but there was some information that came out about the number of urns that were being sent to Wuhan, Wuhan, China. Um, and how there was uh, an order for twenty thousand urns, um, and it's it's kind of going into this narrative right now that um, that there the the numbers that came out of the amount of deaths in China may have not been the most accurate. Um, now currently it's speculation based off of sort of external factors um, like urns. There's been a uh, some information about how many fewer or there are a bunch of canceled phone numbers. Um, and essentially in China, you use your phone for everything. So if there's a lot of people that no longer need you know, their telecommunication phone number anymore, uh, there might be a reason for that. And that was a crazy number. That was like there were 21 million uh, numbers that were canceled. Now, that seems a little far-fetched uh, and still speculative. Um but it's just interesting some of the the theories um and sort of what the rationale is uh, and I don't think we're really ever going to have an idea of what actually happened um, in the interior of China, but you know who knows maybe we'll find out more information as time goes on
4: yeah especially especially given the the actions China took pretty early on it's you'd be you'd be correct to be skeptical of the numbers, but I think if it on the opposite end of of that, if it was really as bad as, you know, even five million more dead, it's I don't think that's something that they could even keep a secret. It'd be really
3: hard. Like so that. it's
4: it's probably more than the number that they're saying, but it's it's probably also not. It can't be that bad, otherwise we I think we'd know.
3: Yeah, I th- as they open up as Wuhan opens up again, I think you, there's going to be bits of information that that kind of get out, but you know. China's pretty good at uh, keeping information on the DL. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens with that. Um, what's interesting is this movie kicks off in Hong Kong instead of the interior of China. So that's to get into the, the movie itself, Contagion.
0: And it kicks off on day two. Because it's a whodunit. Yeah.
3: It's a whodunit. It's a good point. So Gwyneth Paltrow's character essentially dies very early on in the movie, and Matt Damon... (laughs) like, immediately.
2: She failed to respond. Okay. And her heart stopped, and unfortunately, she did die. Right. I'm sorry, Mr. Amoff. I know this is hard to accept. Okay. Can I go talk to her? Mr. Amoff, I'm sorry. Your wife is dead. I mean, I just just saw her. We, we, We were just at home. Is there somebody that we can call? Someone who you think should be here with you? We had, we had dinner. We had pizza. She, she, she said she was jet-lagged. Some people get a disease and live. Some get sicker and die. Now, we're going to have to notify the medical examiner. And they may request an autopsy. Or if you wish, we can order one. But I, I can't guarantee it's going to tell you any more than I can. I mean, My best guess is that this was either meningitis or encephalitis. And with encephalitis, we're in the dark a lot of the time. If it was summer, I might say a a bug bite, you know, West Nile. Herpes can cause encephalitis. She doesn't have herpes. What are you talking about? What
3: happened to her? And the the thing that struck me in this opening scene, and, and, you know, again, Steven Soderbergh does an incredible job of emphasizing all the the touch points. Like, there's like a close-up of the mixed nuts on the airport bar where Gwyneth Paltrow is. Um, You know, this... it pans over to the screen where the waiter or the bartender uh, is putting in the information. So, you know, obviously like a touch screen with the fingers, like just in that opening scene or that, not opening scene, but in that scene where she's at the airport bar, you know, all these little moments when your hands are touching different surfaces are emphasized. Um, that, you know, it's 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 not subtle. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, you know. Overt.
0: Yeah, it it it's introducing the monster of the movie, yeah. which are peanuts.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, there are many instances where you see examples where you kind of hang on something that someone touches and um, it's this invisible monster that's kind of looming everywhere.
3: Yeah. I mean, it goes from, you know, this guy's wife dying to then his son dying. I, it's just, you know, I'm very recently a father. So it's just, it's one of those things where uh, the devastation of that. I'm just imagining losing your wife and your son. Now it was a stepson. It sounds really callous and I apologize. Uh, It was a step death. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty bad, isn't it? But it was clearly, you know, devastating for Mr. Matt Damon. And she was cheating on him. So maybe she had it coming. (laughs) It's all karma?
0: That what What a crazy scene that was too, where like, you know, so we're introducing Matt Damon's character through this devastation, pretty much, and then um, he's essentially being interviewed by Kate Winslet's character, who or she's interviewing Matt Damon, and then through this conversation, you discover that Gwyneth Paltrow, on the way to from her Hong Kong trip, stops in Chicago on a layover and sleeps with another dude, who then eventually. Uh, also dies from the disease. And so Matt Damon not only is processing <laughs> this terrible devastation with his uh, wife, but in the meantime also had slept with someone else right before she died. So just side note, Kate Winslet, I think, steals the show in this for me, but she is an amazing performance, I think, in this.
1: Did she mention seeing anyone who was sick? Anyone on a, on a plane? She went through customs in Chicago at 11.15 a.m. and then took a flight to Minneapolis at 6 p.m. Any idea what she did in Chicago during that layover? Did she have meetings? Is there any reason she might have left the airport?
2: Why? I mean, is, uh, is there someone sick in Chicago?
1: We're investigating all the...
2: All w- the no, no, I think I have a right to. to know. Look at where I am here. We, look at where I, I am here
1: i can't I, no i'm just i can't I, disclose I'm, I'm that information i'm just trying to I'm understand sorry.
4: i know not a fun day for Matt one one of the, one of my criticisms of the movie i think is that you have there's a double-edged sword where in order to tell the story effectively i think you need to have all the points of view that they have so you've got basically the point of view from just a family you've got uh, someone that's clearly taking advantage of the situation and a way to make money. You've got um, people from the CDC. Um, then you've got um, Marion Cotillard's character, who I think uh, works with uh, WHO maybe. Um, and, yes. yep. and so you've got all these points of view, but I think it can sometimes make it hard to feel connected to the characters because they only get a certain amount of screen time. Mm. And so maybe Kate Winslet, I think, would be probably the most the, the character that I would feel connected to the most. But I think it's just tough with with all the different points of view in one movie. But that's just me.
3: That's interesting. Yeah, I don't I mean. Yeah, I think, you know, Andrew's a big fan of the Kate Winslet character. Um, and I think she does shine in this movie. So I can I think part of that's her performance. Sure, too, Chris kind of draws you in.
5: I connected with uh, Dr. I think Hextel. I forget what the actress's name is. She's Meryl Streep's daughter.
2: Oh, she yeah.
5: ultimately tests the vaccine on herself. I connected with her a lot.
4: Yeah, um, she, you're right. She, she's a good character, too. Yeah, she
1: is. If we even had a viable vaccine right now, we would still have to do human trials, and that would take weeks. And then we would have to get clearance and approval figure out manufacturing and distribution. That would take months, and then train survivors to give inoculations. More months,
2: more deaths. Well, Homeland Security wants to know if we could put a vaccination in the water supply, like fluoride, cure everyone all at once.
1: I'm going home now, Alice. It's getting late. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.
5: I think you get to see more of like her personal side and then her professional side so i connected with her i
3: don't know i think uh dimitri martin is who uh, <laughs> i really connected with i feel like I got an idea you know he liked thanksgiving um and he was disappointed when he wasn't asked about it so you know i feel <laughs> i feel for dimitri
0: that's so funny yeah know. what a what a surprise casting right there um,
5: <laughs> so i stepped away for a little bit um to tend to the baby. Have we talked about Gwen Paltrow's head yet?
3: <laughs> the cranium. <laughs> the autopsy.
5: Yeah, when they like they open her head. So that head is actually an unused prop from Seven.
4: Really? Yes, that's that's a great bit of trivia. <laughs> sorry, spoiler alert for Seven.
5: <laughs> How <laughs> yeah. cool is that? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you haven't watched Seven yet, yeah, I'm. It's on you. It's <laughs> <That's> your fault. <laughs> it's a classic.
0: I wonder how so they acquired that prop. I like
5: it's probably in the Warner Brothers Law and they're like, Oh, we already have this. Great. Perfect.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Fincher and Sonnenberg are like friendly. It's like, hey, you need that you need that Gwyneth head? Perfect. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we got that Gwyneth head in storage, uh something you need.
0: It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I've got it in the garage there.
3: <laughs> so creepy. I think that comes out later in the movie, kind of. When? Because they discover like her brain stem
0: being like liquefied yeah and the guy the the guy working with the doctor is just like uh should i call somebody and he's like call call everyone
1: <laughs> well the salt sire obliterated let's look at the base oh my
4: god you want me to um take a sample or? Yeah, i want you to move away from the table should i call someone call everyone
5: He's like, "What do you want me to do right now? I want you to go away." <laughs> Let's go,
4: yeah.
3: But like when they're, when they're doing the—I mean, I imagine that doctor probably died because they're—they're—they were cutting the head open and a bunch of blood spurted on his face mask.
2: Yeah. Oh, but- that's
0: right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was the probably the most like, because the movie is super serious pretty much throughout the entire film. And, but when the blood yeah. splats on his mask, it, it's, it's sort of like it, it kind of, at least for me, had this like B movie horror vibe where it just kind of like, and then
2: mm-hmm. just,
0: he's just like, oh, there's a normal day at the office, <laughs> it's like no biggie. It's
3: probably true in most cases.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right.
3: Well, the other thing that struck me, I mean, just kind of following along what takes place. Um, when uh, Mears gets sent to Montana to sort of help assist the local government with the response. Like the, the scene in which they're talking about like, you know, uh, the bureaucracy of trying to shut things down and, you know, whose budget's that coming out of yours or mine, like-
5: So this is Caitlin's- you
2: know, Sorry, right,
3: Minnesota? Oh, yeah, when they're in Minnesota and like-
5: oh, that one man. lady is like, oh, we're gonna have to do this.
2: Oh. I think we need to consider closing the schools down.
5: And who stays home with the kids? People that work at stores, government workers, people that work at
1: hospitals. When will we know what this is? What causes it? What cures it? Things that keep people calm. For every person who gets sick, how many other people are they likely to infect? So, for seasonal flu, that's usually about one. Smallpox, on the other hand, it's over three. Now, before we had a vaccine, polio spread at a rate between and six. Now, we call that number the R-naught. R stands for the reproductive rate of the virus.
2: Any ideas what that might be for this?
1: How fast it multiplies depends on a variety of factors. The incubation period, how long a person is contagious, sometimes... People can be contagious without even having symptoms. We need to know that too. So far that appears to be everyone with hands, a mouth and a nose.
3: Yeah, the resistance to, you know, the people not taking it seriously. And I have to imagine that looking at our situation right now, when, when and if this happens again in the future, like people I think will be more apt to be willing to listen and hopefully take action faster based off of what's actually happened here in, mm-hmm. in the real world. I'd like to think that anyway. I don't know if that's true or not.
0: That lady though, in the scene where Kate Winslet's sort of explaining I'm going to totally butcher this whole thing, but when she's explaining essentially the spread, the like R-not. so the R not exactly that scene. Um but that one naysayer in the room just the everything she said, I was just like shut the fuck up. Uh terrible. <laughs>
3: You very angry.
5: Yeah, it's like a bad focus group or something. There's like that always that one person that turns the whole group.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, can we talk about chloroquine? I mean, for Scythia?
4: as well. Uh, Alan's a freelance journalist. Uh, he was uh, the first to track the Shinko Busman video. Uh, Alan, uh, today on Twitter, you, you wrote that the truth about this virus is being kept from the world by the CDC by the World Health Organization to
2: allow friends of the current administration to
4: benefit from it both financially and physically
2: uh, there are therapies we know are effective right now like for Forsythia and they don't even appear on the CDC website
4: on your blog you also wrote
2: that the World Health Organization is somehow in bed with pharmaceutical companies because they are that's who stands to gain from this they're working hand in glove
0: what's our for Cynthia
3: <laughs> well, right now it's chloroquine but the difference is chloroquine is an actual like is it an effective drug, but like, I'm talking more like the fact that people were, you know, there's that couple in, I can't remember which state,
0: uh, that took the, f- who took chloroquine. It was like essentially fish food or something. Or no, fish. it's a fish tank cleaner. cleaner. Fish cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. It had chloroquine
3: in it. And
0: they thought, Oh, if I, you
3: know, take this, then I will be, yeah. The themselves. husband
5: died. The wife survived, but just barely.
3: So it's just, you know, it's, it's people using something that isn't necessarily uh, shown to be properly effective as
0: of this moment. Um, huh. Another, uh, an example of someone using their platform to spread misinformation. Hmm. Indeed, <laughs> Andrew. Oh God, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
4: One of the one of the problems with with having like elevating chloroquine is that because it's actually used for illnesses like other illnesses, suddenly having a shortage of it can obviously affect people's lives. Whereas in the movie, Forsythia is you know some homeopathic thing that I don't know if it is meant to have an actual medicinal purpose, and so. The difference being that in the movie, the fact that people are taking a bunch of forsythia probably doesn't impact people that would normally use forsythia for a treatment. Whereas in real life, you've got people like with malaria that don't have access to it because you have everyone else trying to, to take it. Yeah,
3: there's supposedly pharmaci- pharmacies or pharmacists that were hoarding it, which is terrifying. Like That seems
4: unethical. Yeah, this is, it's an example of where the real life example is worse than the movie version.
3: Yeah, I suppose that's true. We don't even know if it's really going to be effective against COVID. So it just got approved by the FDA for testing, but it's, you know, we really don't know. So just like Fawcett,
4: yeah. Thankfully, crumbweedy gets his comeuppance.
3: Yes, it's true. see it crumbweedy?
4: Yeah, that's the guy's last name. That's Jude <laughs> Law's last name. Oh, I don't that's know why you trust the name in
3: movie. We
5: don't, don't know really any true name yet. in this movie. Yeah, no, we
3: mostly call him like Matt Damon and Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow.
0: I thought that was like some weird garnish. It's a weird name.
3: <laughs> I thought it was a Jude Law character from a different movie.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Oh,
3: Chris using the proper name, and I'm just like very no, confused. We by need it. that.
0: We yeah. good on you, Chris. Bad on us. Come on, guys, catch up. <laughs>
3: yeah it's true we do need to catch up hmm.
5: on a similar thing about the the like hoarding and the looting and it's it's funny like well not funny it's actually a really sad scene where like matt damon sees somebody like breaking into his neighbor's house and like looting the house and then he goes in the next day one of the least realistic parts of that, that scene was seeing like a like uh was it a
3: there was like a little like tub or like what do you call it like a dispenser for,
5: Clorox wipes that was left behind.
3: Oh. That wouldn't have been left behind. No,
0: <laughs> no way.
3: No way would that be left
0: behind. So we thought, oh, that was definitely there would be no toilet paper.
3: <laughs> nope, no toilet paper. Not a one. No hand. Sanitizer. Not a
0: single sheet in sight.
3: <laughs> By the way, they're rationing toilet paper. At least in Florida, people can only buy. Two, two sheets. Two, no, rolls. two rolls. Oh two my sheets. god,
5: two sheets. Two rolls at a time. Two rolls at a time. Two rolls? Can you can you spare a
0: square? Hmm? Could you spare a square? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a spare square.
3: Oh spare spare a square, man. What's that from that's from, Friends? It's from Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Oh Seinfeld. Oh of course it's Seinfeld. Yeah, of course. God, it's like Hold on. The...
0: Sorry. The the two rolls is blowing my mind. That's if if I just have one bad day. <laughs> you know, that's – I would have to go to the store the day after. <laughs>
3: go to the doctor?
0: <laughs>
3: hey, you know. Well, if you go through a, a, a whole roll on your own in a single day, then you definitely do. You need to go
5: to the doctor. Yeah, I'm just sure. reminded of uh,
3: – <laughs> was it Parks and Rec? Don't go right now. Hospitals
4: are not a good place to go right now. Yeah, yeah don't after. go to a
3: hospital. Tele- telemedicine
0: or something. I don't <laughs> know. Telemedicine. I mean, really, <laughs> it's just it's just my quarantine diet is mainly tacos, so – uh, no. <laughs> an easy mac probably yeah there's been some it's easy been more mac. some smoothies and salads you know i'm, I'm, I'm taking care of myself oh, so. man okay good you got
3: your roughage get some greens yeah. it's good smart no uh, we actually have been cooking quite a bit but that's a that's for a different podcast
0: <laughs> that's the food podcast
5: <laughs>
3: i'm sure there are a lot of food podcasts that are covering like the recipes quarantine type cooking
5: I'll say that, yeah, well, to going back to the movie, sorry. I'm gonna steer us back. The looting was really terrifying. That yeah. is something that I really hope we don't get to. Yeah.
2: Folks, detection. We appreciate your patience, and
4: we're doing the best we can. We have exhausted our supply of fields ready to eat for today.
2: What? 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 Oh, Please oh. remain calm. They'll be free. Hey, can we
1: get some help oh, over here?
5: that really impacted me and just seeing like people like chasing down the military trucks to get food that was scary
0: yeah i think because i saw i saw this movie before they closed uh where i work i had seen contagion it was around that same time that like i had terrible just ideas in my head about looting and just us living in a world where that was happening and this movie definitely influenced that i would say and it's it's, reinforced yeah it's really terrifying and that's you know luckily we've seen a lot of positive stuff from a community standpoint uh through our crisis but you know we all got to be there for each other to avoid avoid what happens in contagion (laughs) but it's so hard to be there for each other in this regard like because we're being told to don't be out doing things like be there by checking in yeah
3: and that's essentially it's like it's 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 helping people deal with the isolation more so than like me me, yeah like so if someone if a friend of mine says jeff shit we're out of toilet paper like if we have some stuff we we do have things to share um not like a infinite amount by any means but you know um but that's like a about spare a square. <laughs> we can spare a
5: square. Well, um, we were talking about it earlier this week when we found out about Florida. We're thinking about like mailing uh some people we know they're like some some toilet paper, and then we're like, oh shit, but we have to go to the like post office and deal with that shenanigan. See, no. people
0: just need to get on with the It's very weird. What I've been doing for years is the shit shower shave Darn. combo.
3: Get on board.
0: <laughs> I like the baguets. That's the
3: that's what I'm hoping for. Wait, what would you say there? Yeah, the French don't... I'm. Sorry, I, I like the bidets. That's 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 what I like. <laughs> I've never tried one of those. Dude, it's very refined of you, Jeff. They are life changers. We don't own one here in the home, unfortunately. But uh, in Japan, they're pretty much everywhere. And if you ever go to the Aria
0: Hotel in Vegas, every bathroom has one. Well, just bring the hose in from outside. <laughs> <laughs> Easy done. Or just go outside.
5: The ones in Tokyo are a little bit intimidating, though. They have so many buttons. Interesting. Yeah. One cool feature, though, is that like you can ha- like activate like noise to cover up anything that's going on in the bathroom. If you're in a public bathroom, it's phenomenal <laughs>
3: innovation. It's so silly. <laughs> oh, man. Well, those like, you know, you can turn on then like once you've sprayed, you have like a mini hairdryer essentially like, <laughs> that dries your bottom. Uh, yeah, they're so ridiculous.
5: Yeah, they're fancy. Yeah, and they're everywhere. I
0: gotta they try me one. It's nice. One of these days.
3: Well, should we should we uh talk about the final reveal of the the movie the day one? Yeah, Chris, why don't you tell us who who was it, Chris?
4: It turns out that it was in fact uh well obviously you know um the founder of Goop was Patient Zero, um but it does a really good job kind of showcasing. I think, I'm not sure, I'm assuming it's on purpose, but it showcases how uh, human intervention is a big reason for this happening because essentially you've got this bulldozer that uh, knocks down a banana tree and some bats get disturbed. And uh, as a result, the bat heads to a pig farm and he's taking some of that banana with him and uh, a pig ends up eating some of that banana and that pig gets slaughtered. And I don't know why the chef didn't wash his hands before shaking Gwyneth Paltrow's hands, but um, it does kind of show how, uh, how it goes from nature to us pretty, pretty easily. What was he doing in the pig's mouth again? Was he like
3: putting... He's putting,
5: like he's stuffing it with herbs, preparing it for cooking.
3: Yeah. He's like stuffing things in the mouth Mm. of the pig. I
5: thought he was going to be the one to get this infected. I thought he was going to cut his hands in in the mouth. Mm. Interesting. But, nope
0: he died yeah we don't really know what happens to the chef i mean do we well i i think because because the from what i could gather from this is like the the disease ultimately or the infection was on his hands and that got into what gwyneth paltrow consumed just by virtue of being on from that handshake
4: yeah
0: from her drink yeah well
4: could she go she goes and gets a martini and so she touches with her dirty hand, the martini glass, and then drinks from it. So for all we know, the chef survived. Yeah. Right. Well, I think she mm-hmm.
5: the might've been yeah. like, Oh, I don't know where Gwyneth Paltrow has been. And then he washed his hands.
4: Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
3: I don't know where that lady been. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. Cause her waiter was lucky.
0: I mean, no. this all, it's so crazy to think about it this way, but like this all potentially could have not have been an issue if he just washed his hands. Mm-hmm. So,
5: that's like one of the first things they say, like in the movie, was like, "Oh, the best prevention is washing your hands," and made me think so much of what we keep on hearing. And
3: here's our good deed, guys. This is our PSA to anyone listening: wash your hands.
0: Wash your damn hands. Do it right now. Do
3: yeah. it
5: right now. A reminder.
3: Go do it. Just clean those hands right so happy
0: now. Birthday. Are you washing your hands? <laughs> you you better be washing those hands right now.
3: All right. Hopefully
0: you washed your hands.
3: Yeah, you paused this and hands. you went to wash your hands, and now you're back. Well done. Um, so I was thinking about our rating system. Uh, we we you know give it a one through ten of body bags, but I know we had a discussion last time that the lower the body bags, the better the movie. But hear me out. I think it actually should be the higher the body bags, the better the movie because we're watching pandemic movies. And I feel like it's appropriate that if it has a bunch of body bags, it means it's a good it's, movie. It's, a,
5: it's such a dark rating system.
4: Yeah, I almost, I almost, I'm almost hesitant with this rating system. Is it because people just be like so? It's
3: get so inconsiderate. It's so
4: dark. Um, it's so macabre. I, yeah, I don't know,
3: man. <laughs> it's too dark for it. Might be, yeah. And with Cami. It's pretty dark. People make us of
5: being um, too cavalier about this. Callous. Well, then what would we?
0: All
3: right. Yeah. Face yeah. face mask. How many Okay, face mask is not it's visually a, <laughs>
0: toilet
5: paper rolls. How many toilet paper rolls do you
0: give us? Oh my god, that's perfect. <laughs> toilet paper rolls. Yep. Yep. I second cammy
4: yeah, I second toilet paper one, rolls. Yeah. That's a good one.
3: All right, so 31310 toilet paper rolls. <laughs>
5: <laughs> i like it so much
3: we need it we need to come up with a, uh, a yeah a nice little uh image and we can i don't know where we can put it but maybe yeah, there's a emol- toilet paper emoji out there
4: can that <laughs> <your> logo? <laughs> the toilet paper roll amazing
3: yeah i feel like that's done i love how like the podcast itself is how we actually come up with the ideas for the podcast
0: yeah i know there's full transparency organic.
3: yeah <laughs> Alright, so uh, we didn't really do favorite scenes, did we? We did it last time, we didn't do it this time. Does anyone have a, oh, a yeah. particular favorite
0: scene? Um, My my favorite scene is the sorry, is it the R-Nod? R-Nod? R-Nod. R-Nod. That, that scene is by far my favorite just because I think Kate Winslet's performance is so good you see just how fucking smart she is. And the blood pressure that I felt based on this one woman, this naysayer was just, I just like I was literally by myself screaming at the TV screen. It was just like, "Shut the fuck up!" Um, and yeah, I mean that that to me, I think is is such a good way to kind of set up the rest of the movie too, and especially her arc. <laughs>
2: hmm.
3: What are you, Chris? You still thinking, or do you have your favorite scene?
4: I I think the the origin story at the very end I think is my favorite, um, just because it it shows just the different parts of how this came to be, and um, especially with with how they're still trying to figure out exactly you know how how COVID nineteen came about whether it was a, a bat or a pangolin or or whatever it was, and um, it shows the danger even on accident that, that animals can, can have an influence on us, you know, um, that we aren't always prepared for. Um, I
3: I think it's actually, I'm, I'm with you, Chris. I think it's, but it's a combination of the opening scene, um, with the sort of the visuals of the touching and then, uh, the final scene. I think there's just, there's such great bookends, um, And I think they work really, really well together. Um, And I think I like how the final scene is almost montage-like. The music, we haven't really even talked about the music in this movie yet, which maybe we can talk about that in a second. But um, I think I'm with you, Chris. I like that final sequence, but I also like the way it, the opening also, I think, is striking. So I like those two together.
5: For me, it was just, you know, the wishful thinking, I guess. I... I really enjoyed seeing the rollout of the vaccine. It gave you so much relief, <laughs> <laughs> That's especially because the, the like first birthday that they mentioned gets the vaccine. That's my birthday. <laughs> so I was like, oh, great. I'm saved.
3: Lucky. Lucky Cammie.
5: Yeah. But it was just so nice to see um, the guy from the CDC like saving uh, the janitor's son's life.
3: Yeah, giving him the vaccine. Yeah. Especially
5: after seeing like the little boy die in the beginning, I was like, "Oh my god, I hope somebody like some other kid survives." And so it was nice to see him get the vaccine as well.
0: Yeah.
5: It
3: was sweet though the prom scene too.
0: Yeah. yeah.
5: It was sweet. Although
3: was a sweet
0: terrible music choice with fucking U2. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind yeah,
0: of I agree with like, you on that. are these teenagers really choose queuing up Bono for
5: their prom?
2: Yeah.
5: It was 2011. I think U2 was still cool. At that time. Something ha- I think it was right before Wait, Is U two not cool
4: now? Hmm? Is you two not cool now?
5: Well, after Apple forced it on everybody, I think <laughs> it put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. That's
4: true. Oh
3: <laughs> I think show how tough I am. Yeah. What okay, so the music actually in the movie, just speaking of music, it kinda reminded me a bit of social network. Cammy disagreed with me. Um but like the thumping um kind of kind of not edm but there's kind of a a electronic vibe to it and it was very kind of relentless i don't know it reminded me a little bit of social network did anyone else get that vibe i mean
0: i am i'm curious who the composer was i don't know if it's on my head but his name was cliff martinez oh he did he do um Uh, uh, no that's the chemical Chemical brothers Brothers. there were many moments where i was like this kind of sounds sounds like chemical Brothers." brothers Andrew, your your
3: AirPods sound like you're a robot, by the way. I know you're recording this separately on your phone, but it's ridiculous sounding. <laughs> it, just, it just changed a little sound bit. It
5: like a robot.
4: <laughs> it's like in Metal Gear Solid when Colonel Campbell slowly turns into uh, a computer program.
3: Hold <laughs> on. Chris, you're absolutely right. Can you hear like 100%. <laughs>
5: And electronic music and suddenly like, Andrew oh, transformed.
3: <laughs> so weird! Oh my goodness! Nope. Yeah. No. Nope. It sounds ridiculous. Chris, are you hearing it too?
4: Oh yeah. <laughs>
5: okay. You're like a digital werewolf. It's 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 still
2: bad. It's still bad
5: can we can we keep
3: going this way or should we stop it no it's i mean we're we're coming near the end anyway um right. this is your life now <laughs> no we, we'll we'll
0: live um do we want to do our, our toilet paper um
5: rating ratings yeah
0: let's, yeah our non-body bag right. now toilet paper so yeah much more positive
3: <laughs> yeah so andrew
0: how many toilet papers um roles i think especially considering the context of now like i i i mean god I, we're not doing halves we're not doing half toilet papers right no nope. no halves I, only whole toilet man, paper. I, i'm
5: i'm
0: i'm between <laughs> eight and maybe even nine Fuck, Come on, fuck dude. It, Be definitive. It, Make a choice. Nine. Fuck it. Nine. I love this movie. I think it's really good.
3: <laughs> I'm with you, Andrew. I- I'd give it nine toilet paper rolls. I'm. I think it. It. It struck me as incredibly relevant. It terrified me, and it's such a. It's such a well put together movie. I really enjoyed it. I'm giving it nine toilet paper rolls.
5: Uh, I'd give it an eight as well.
3: You're the first to give it an eight.
5: Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> Andrew almost gave it an eight. I
2: almost
5: gave it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> I, gave it an eight. I just sorry. One of the once one of the things I want to like discuss before we like finish up the rating was um the character of Jude Law just really giving the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, because that misinformation is honestly one of the most dangerous parts of the Contagion.
4: Um, I probably would also. I'm a Camerad. I, I think I'd give it an eight. The uh, the only real um criticism I had, I think, was just, again, I still think it's it's tough to connect to a lot of those characters, just because you're following a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to, to when Soderbergh does traffic, um, mm-hmm. and you're, you're bouncing around between different places and different characters, and so you don't get a ton of screen time with just one, but given how relevant, it seems like we're living the early stages of, we're in the early stages of this movie. We're about 30 minutes uh, in... <laughs> yeah and so it's kind of it's kind of spooky the way that uh that we're we're living through some similarities um but again that the tricky thing is just like with outbreak after two hours the the conflict has been resolved and they found a, a vaccine and we are we're not in a movie and so that makes it extra scary but it doesn't take away from the movie
0: so i agree eight toilet paper rolls nice nice you know, it's funny. I, I feel like Outbreak was a much lighter uh, podcast. This one was definitely a bit more <laughs> subdued, yet, our rating system is much more outlandish <laughs> than the last one.
5: <laughs> we
3: had to find a way to find a contrast.
5: Yeah, yeah. Like this movie, the only uplifting thing it had, well, like, silly thing it had, was the casting between, like, Demetri Martin, like, uh, Jack Geller being a, one of the doctors early on. Dr. Sussman. Dr. Sussman. Yeah, it was the dad in Friends. Mm. Who else made me laugh? Uh, there was like another weird casting in there, but um, yeah, there's nothing else worth laughing about. And there's nothing it's so funny. dark.
3: Like there are moments where I think they try and bring like a slight bit of levity, but like, again, yeah, like the Dimitri Martin, Dimitri Martin bit where he's thanks for asking about my Thanksgiving, like.
5: It's
4: okay. just
3: that's the only thing I can think of where it's like ah they're trying to be kind of silly. This
4: there's that silly there's that great quote that uh, that Dr. Sussman says to uh, to Crumweedy when he when he um, ambushes him outside of his office and he says blogging
1: is not writing it's graffiti with punctuation.
2: I am a journalist and there's informed discussion on the blogosphere that this
1: is a biological weapon. You want to talk to me? Call my office and make
0: an appointment. Oh, so good. <laughs> so that's that's a good one yeah Yeah, that's true
3: man that dude has 12 million people unique he always has unique visitors that was always the you know the
5: as somebody who's worked in social media that really irked me i was just like oh get a job
3: (laughs) hey man he made money doing it he
5: did he also was gonna go to jail for a dirty dirty way well he's not made bail no
3: he made bail he didn't that's right yeah that's
5: all of his followers banded up together to save him Ugh. and that's the scariest thing like I said about this movie is just some these people are giving bad information they have a lot of followers and it's really hard to take them down is
4: he the Alex Jones of this movie he kind of is yeah, Alex Jonesy I'd agree yep interesting but he's he's more convincing like he doesn't he has almost an air of of knowing things whereas a, it's i I would say that alex jones is is quite strikingly crazy looking and yeah, theatrical take him seriously
5: actually in the last few hours he was taken off of google play
3: yeah he was uh yeah alex jones was taking off google play for He's, something
5: he said about coronavirus
3: yep something about coronavirus oh good yep. yeah well, there's a lot of things out there right now. Like, there's, there's, there's some sort of evangel or some sort of religious uh, show that was talking about using silver to combat coronavirus. And oh. this is all. Oh, yeah. Jim Backer.
5: It's like a super church that's like having a service with like thousands of people. And they're saying that they have a machine that targets the virus and kills it instantly. And, uh,
3: so, there's, there's no lack of people in our world in who, world. in the real world, and in the non-movie world, who are espousing bad information, uh, claiming things that are untrue, dangerously wrong, dangerous. Um, so again, this is a character in the movie, representative of you know a, a large
0: faction of people from real life.
4: Um,
3: you know, you know, in
0: character form. Another example of someone using their platform to spread misinformation for. Financial gain. Hmm. <laughs> Are you thinking of someone in politics? Uh, potentially.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, a man.
5: polarizing figure, perhaps? Oh, mm-hmm.
0: just complete side note. I just found out recently that Steve Mnuchin is an executive producer on a bunch of movies. Like, for know? example... Yeah, I didn't know that. That's news know. to me. You did like Suicide Squad and stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did you see Suicide Squad in theaters, Andrew? Um... <laughs> I don't remember. Yes, I did, probably. Sorry, that was... a very... <laughs> when, you
3: said, when you held that, uh, it was the funniest sounding, uh. It was so weird sounding. Uh, like, I, can't, I can't recreate it. I can't do your weird robot voice right now. <laughs> that was very funny though. Sorry. That completely
4: And <laughs> Andrew, what I was gonna say is you uh you you uh gave money to Steve
0: Mnuchin then. Well, done. well he's now giving me some money, so <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's not him, my Andrew, that's you the share. taxpayers. Dude, okay, on a completely separate note on the, the money by the way, there was a company in Oklahoma City that said to their employees that they're going to take Twelve hundred bucks out of their paycheck because of the money that they're going to get from the government.
0: What? That's bullshit.
3: And they were going to take another two hundred and fifty out of the five hundred that they're going to get for our dependents. Oh
0: that's my true. god! Well, fuck
3: that! How fucked up is
4: that? That's that's some that's bullshit. crazy, man. It, where, where did you read that? Yeah. The, and the, I want to look that up
3: uh it's it was um it was a reddit post um but they essentially there's a bunch of different articles about it what happened was is the an employee leaked the email that talked about it uh i know it was Oklahoma is where the company was they do they do like uh printers and printer ink um yeah
5: they they like
3: the they have store.
5: contracts with like HP and a bunch of other larger companies. Big
3: companies. They're you know a hundred million dollar company, um, but just they they got just ripped obviously by the internet. They had to like close all their social media channels and
5: anything that raided them, they had to shut down. Yeah. Precision Printing Corporation is the name of the company.
3: Precision so I, Printing I
4: have it listed as ImageNet Consulting. Maybe there's two in Oklahoma. That's
3: I think there's maybe it might be the same company. But that was a pretty messed up thing, and they actually already laid off people too. So <sighs> I don't
0: know. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for Contagion Two. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't want Contagion Two. I don't, I really don't want to watch Contagion Two. <laughs> no desire. Yeah, we're living it. Yeah. Um, Is there anything else we want to cover? Anything else we need to cover for the movie?
4: No. I don't think so.
3: I think that's it. Thank you listeners for spending um, probably over an hour with us uh, depending on how Andrew cuts this together. Um, But thank you for spending this time with us talking about I might might trim it just a tad. (laughs) (laughs) There were some bits where the baby had to be dealt with. Um,
5: And then Andrew turned into a robot.
3: Well, yeah, that was interesting. (laughs) Still still now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Regardless, uh, thank you for listening to this uh, apocalyptic, a pandemic podcast episode on contagion
0: uh which was do we know do we know what our next uh episode will be what the next film will be
3: are we gonna do the road next
0: we can do the road
3: i know that's what i wanted to do so can we I do thought...
5: just one that's light more lighthearted? we
3: could do this is the
4: end i suppose we could do this is the end and then the road is a palette changer for this is well, the this end. is
3: not yeah, like
5: a pandemic movie right no it's the end
4: of the world
3: kind of thing apocalyptic, apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. yeah apocalyptic.
4: we need to we need to change
0: it up because if we keep saying it's a pandemic podcast but it's no, technically it's not it's it's no it know. was it, it was it was like a phoenix rose from a pandemic. yeah it's not that
3: it's a, a pandemic podcast like it's just about pandemics it's a pandemic podcast because it's it it it
0: originate it's the result of a pandemic. yeah
3: as a result of a pandemic taking place in real life
5: i think we need a new tagline but i like that one
3: is yeah. the
4: is this is the end caused by a pandemic
3: no but it's apocalyptic apocalyptic right Apocalyptic, yeah. apocalypse
4: i think just pandemics are, are a portion of what we're
0: covering in, in apocalyptic movies I'm with well, her. whatever the fuck we're called, we'll be back with "This Is the End."
5: <laughs> well, no, we can still be called "Faca Afflictic." It, it yes. just we just need a, we just need a different tagline. So. Yeah.
0: The tagline. I, mean, I, yeah.
3: I kind of like it because I, I like where you're coming from, Andrew, about it originating in a pandemic. Wait, but but I a think podcast
5: it, born of a pandemic, I think, is fine.
3: I think it's unclear if you read it on its own accord. (laughs) We're not not pigeonholing ourselves to
0: just pan
2: movies.
0: (laughs) By the time you listen to this podcast, we'll know what this is.
3: (laughs) I think so. Uh, But thank you, everyone out there. And stay safe. Wash your hands. Stay six feet apart. Yeah. Uh, Thank you.
0: Thank you. Good night and good luck.